My name is Matt Hayes. I'm here with my good friend Dick Slapperman. Hey. Oh, I mean uh, Bob Panalone. And this yeah. is the analysis. All right, Bob. Today we're talking Dunkirk. What was your analysis? Hayes, uh, well, let me think. Let me ask you what you think my analysis was. Do you think I was pro Dunkirk or against Dun- uh, anti Dunkirk? I'm uh, I'm expecting a uh, a strong against. Strong for actually. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, you know my how much I love Dark Knight. Uh, I, I actually set the Bob Pantalone trips to the cinema to see a movie. that uh, Dark Knight was my record with five trips. And I would right? say, wow. yeah, so that's always going to be, uh, I'm a big Batman turd. but So that's always going to be my favorite Nolan film. But in terms of um, outside of, of how weird I am, this is probably his best movie. I absolutely love this movie was uh, I, there was a moment where I kind of had my hands up to my face like nervously I caught myself and I was edge of my seat for lack of better words for almost the entire time how about yourself yeah I uh, I, I kind of um, went back and forth after I left the theaters uh, so first of all I saw it in full IMAX you know uh, the, the biggest theater we got out here good for you you smell your <laughs> good own for farts. You. Do they get yeah, you? Oh, smelling those farts. Hey, no, just I. Good for you, Hayes. I wanted to see it in the full expression uh, that was intended by, uh, oh, Chris. No, I wanted to as well. The issue is, for Christmas, I got a uh, hundred dollar gift card to the Art House Cinema here in Chicago, okay. and I haven't used it used it at all. And uh, so I cheaped out. I took the cheap option and use my gift card rather than going to the IMAX and I regret it in a, in a lot of different ways um but you plan I, to re-see it in, I uh, do. in IMAX I do I just or at there's least so much 70? stuff coming out there's Atomic Blonde there's Detroit obviously that uh, we're gonna get into next week there's um the big six so it's, it's hard for me to go back and see another movie as uh all, all these all the stuff that I want to see is out but I really would like to try to catch this in its at least in a 70 millimeter theater if not yeah. uh, the IMAX. But anyway, it, so you saw it in the IMAX. It. Yeah, and um, I think it, it probably should be seen in IMAX. Um, I, 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 was, I, I totally agree with you. The, the tension throughout is, is so palpable, and it's probably the best. And I, I think that is in due in large part to a really great score and sound effects. Hans Zimmer, man, he is yeah. unbelievable. And... So many people underestimate, and we were talking about the the value of a soundtrack when we were talking about Baby Driver last time, but so many people underestimate the power of a score, and I I loved what he did with that bending wire with the Joker in Dark Knight, which Mm -hmm. I just referenced, but this with the clock, that little tick, 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 tick. Oh, yeah. And it was so effective, and I remember seeing the the trailer for this movie, and it started with that ticking, the black screen and the ticking, and then it's the the shock of the pilot trying to break out of that uh, airplane. He's like yeah. banging on his airplane. And I was just yeah. like, oh, I was like, cool. They're going to have some some more of that in this. And and I, I thought it was unbelievable. Uh, it uh, It's like a, a war opera. It's just like a oh, really good, g- good term. G- gorgeous, uh, really well-scored film. I, I did have some issues with it that I'll kind of get into. And I think if you've read anything that the Guardians put up here lately, 
there's some some kind of articles and and blogs that kind of highlighted what I because I couldn't really articulate what my what issues I was having in the when I was watching it and then I kind of read a few articles I'm like oh yeah I think that I mean I I'm just curious if if some of these things were intentional just because I think the scope wasn't quite there I, I mean I'll, I'll say this real quick it, it kind of felt like a, a Paul Thomas Anderson doing like oh a, my god I was gonna say that I literally had that in my notes in that it was like the first 15 20 minutes I mean there's a little bit of dialogue very little but it, it seemed like that opening of there will be blood where it's, yeah. it's silenced very quiet those uh German it's, leaflets are falling you're captured it, yeah it's there will be blood meets saving private Ryan I th- yeah I think in a, in a way uh, a lot less gory than Private Ryan, but yeah, yeah, it, well, yeah, PG thirteen uh, war movie, and uh, you know, there's you know, people are like it's not a war movie, it's about you know, it's a survival and, movie. Yeah, that's uh, well, that's something a, that Nolan said himself was that he didn't want to make a movie about heroism, heroism. He wanted to make a movie about survival. Courage and community, not wars, is Tom Glenn Carney, who I think played the the son of. Uh, Old Ryan's Rylance. Rylance. But uh, let me, uh, I want to read you a few quotes here. So just to give you a little context, th- this whole Dunkirk thing was, it, it to, to, to Britons, it was like the equivalent of 9-11. Like this was a huge deal. Like the whole like surviving is, is victory. And it was like, it was like the army getting really close to the shores, you know, had they well, crossed that channel. And Did you notice in the trailers for this movie, they showed the um, trailer for the new Winston Churchill movie with, uh, what's his nuts? Um, who was in Batman? Played Commissioner oh, Gordon. Not... Oh, uh, uh, Gary, Gary Oldman. Oldman. So yeah, they showed the Gary Oldman and his speech in that movie is the speech that's read in the paper at the end of the like, oh, nice. He has like a fiery speech in at some point in that trailer, and it's also the speech, the we'll fight in the foothills and the da 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 Yeah, I actually missed the, the, the trailers or the previews. Um, yeah, it was a huge deal. And like, all right, so let me read you this real quick. There is a – I think some of the, the – the, there's hmm, – like some of the drama in the real-life stories I think went unnoticed. Like uh, – uh, here, Nolan Film chooses to ignore tales such as that of the Midway Queen, a paddle steamer that brought home 7,000 troops in seven round trips and shot down three German planes. Uh, or the, the Royal Daffodil, which returned 9,500 soldiers after blocking a hole below the waterline with a mattress. Uh, instead, we encounter just one boat, skippered by a saintly Mark Rylance, comically attired in his Sunday best. Which <laughs> I agree. He looked really good. Yeah, he looked great. The costuming was, I'll say that right now, was, was really on point. But I'm just like, uh, I, 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 there's like all this stuff where, why were only three Spitfires af, uh, able to keep the skies open? Like, why weren't there more German planes? Like, like in, in reality, there were thousands of ships in the water. There were hundreds of planes in the air. There were 400,000 people on the beach. It just I didn't. Well, it did, it does seem weird at the end of this movie because you see a few you see like the you know the like ten fifteen um, uh, public vessels or civilian vessels that pull up, and they have the Matt Hayes scene of Kenneth Branagh and the that's home, um, you know, and then and then it cuts to yeah we saved three hundred thousand dudes and it's like wait hold on 
<laughs> and then and then I I actually was in a text thread and had to go back and and do some Wikipediaing and find out that it took place over eight days because the the movie it must have been me just not paying close enough attention but it makes it seem like it happened overnight or over the course of a day or two not well you you remember the the beginning right with the title cards where it's yeah like the mole the the mole one week uh the the boats the boat uh, yeah, the, day, yeah, the, yeah the, by so it was the mole. And then by sea, by, and, by sea and by air. And by so air. Uh, which basically yeah. then means like it for me it meant like Branna, Rylance, and Hardy, because mm-hmm. those were like the dudes that were the stars of those individual locations. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I actually was confused by that initially, and then it became obvious what that meant. And I I don't think that the title cards were necessary. Like, oh, clearly this. It's happening over multiple days, and this yeah. is just more of, of a day. And then, and this other guy is just kind of—it's an hour uh, of, of his of perspective. His, yeah, his perspective. But this other thing happens. Yeah. So yeah, that that confused me, and um, I didn't, I guess, fully understand until I went back and read the, the actual history of the event. Yeah, I think I think there was a little bit of context lacking. Like there wasn't. I, I mean, maybe that's not important. I I think what's great about the movie is that it's gorgeously shot um with an amazing score incredible. and incredible sound effects he's, he's an absolute wizard with his cinematography and only yeah. the guy who keeps winning cinematography awards for <laughs> all those uh, mexican directors but uh I, yeah I, whatever his name is i can't remember but he he's obviously fantastic but um man this this movie looks so good it sounded so good. Did you hear the soundbite about there There was four or five surviving Dunkirk members left in England, and they went to a screening of this and said it was um, very accurate, except the movie was louder. Ha ha ha, wow. Which uh, Nolan thought was pretty funny. It was super loud. I'm it not was, sure what it, what it, it sounds like in regular. jumping but... out of my chair at some of those... Um, uh, shots in the beginning um, the flyovers and like yeah sort of um the the guns from the the spitfires yeah there was there was a person in front of me in the theater that like kept having to put uh, her hands over her ears yeah it was a very loud film uh, in a good way it, it yeah, definitely made it you was feel just, like you were there it was definitely immersive yeah it was really cool i mean it's just i think people were expecting something different and I mean, most people don't like operas, um, and I think I think they wanted more of like a Saving Private Ryan blockbuster, and this is not that. And there was well, no like title card at the end saying the Dunkirk. This happened, and this, and then this. One these people decision went on to I, do this. And, yeah, one decision I really appreciated that he made was that he, in his research of Dunkirk, he found out how many young boys or young military men there were on the on the beach, and so he made a conscious decision to cast several no-names in the principles of the, at least the infantrymen on the beach and, and, and on that on that mole uh, to... Yeah, Harry Styles, unknown actor. Well, I, I, th- and that's another cool thing, and credit to Harry Styles, is that I don't know anything yeah, about I thought One he was, Direction. Yeah, I thought he was great. I didn't even know there was a One Direction guy in the movie until later on. In, I, I read in, in through conversations. I read. I was like, "Oh, there was a One Direction guy," which which meant that his performance I took as a, a you know just a legitimate uh, kind of no name Hollywood actor. Or yeah, he was kind of actor. the he was kind of the the third guy of those infantry men. So like the two guys kind of meet on the beach. One of with, them ends up being French. Yeah, and with, then, uh, uh, with the with the um, gurney or whatever. 
Yeah, and mm-hmm. then so Harry Styles end up he he's one of the guys that gets saved when the when they have to capsize and he almost gets trapped between the Yeah, he becomes one of the dock. oil guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, I actually well cuz I remember seeing the the poster for it. I was like, "Oh, that's going to be badass." And I was like, "Wait a minute. Harry Styles?" Oh, so you, <laughs> was you like, knew him like you recognized his face in that. I poster. I knew he was going to be in the movie uh when I first saw the initial poster like Oh, the, his name was Along, on the poster. Yeah, I was oh, like, okay. wait a minute, Harry Styles is in this movie? Like, that seems lame. But then I totally forgot about it watching it, and then I actually didn't like it. Didn't even register with me until they're sitting on the train. On the train, I'm like, he's one of the oh train God, guys, yeah. right? Yeah, he's he's in the the last shot where mm-hmm. it's like him. He, he's opposite his buddy there, and they're reading the paper, and the people hand him the beers. Yeah, I was like, wow, yeah. Well, because they they all kind of look the same. They all have that military haircut, but. He totally, I think he did a great job. And yeah, I to did that too. Dude. Nolan said that they auditioned thousands of dudes for that role, and he said Harry Styles really had the charisma that he was looking for. So good for him, man. I find that hard to believe. He was just one of thousands where it's not, I mean, I guess there he had to be some in, poll, right? Right, yeah. Hey, if, we ca- if, he's, if, if, if he's at all to par with these other guys, we're going to sell however many extra tickets if we... For sure. I mean, like, I think I read something about like how many te- how many teen girls are coming to see Dunkirk. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not a movie for them, but they're just going nuts. Mm. Um, I like. How how'd you feel about uh, this? Has become a critique where people are like you didn't even see any German soldiers. Like you know we. I love that. Are you kidding? Yeah. I I hate when when I need you know my hand held and you know need the whole uh, both sides and blah 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 like. It, the perspective of the men on the beach, it, I really felt because, you know, you're just kind of cornered there and it's, you know, they're they're surprise bombing you and they're popping up from behind the hills. And I mean, for them, how many times did they have face to face interaction with a German soldier? Probably not. Exactly. Probably yeah. a shot from the distance that scared the hell out of you and killed the friend next to you. And just that's it was just so unnecessary. It was it's unnecessary to see the cockpit of the other plane if you're really trying to give people a first person point of view of Tom Hardy's fighter pilot. Well, yeah, it's it's the fear of the unknown. It's the unseen enemy. Uh, it, it's like uh, how it, well they wanted to give you first person perspective. Yeah, for, yeah, exactly. But people were like, I think people just want to see Germ- Germans, Nazis getting shot in these films. You know, I think it's it, it offers people a sense of uh, you know schadenfreude or whatever you want to you know um but um i it's i kind of i thought about it like this where in alien you know you don't really see the alien that much and it's kind of scarier and then in aliens Mm -hmm. you see hundreds of them and it's more like an action and every time you see it it's kind of lessens its uh effect and weight uh and and same thing with jaws where that was kind of a happy accident psycho where you don't see the you don't see the the murderer you just kind of hear it and you see Images suggesting, but you don't see it. I never standing. actually saw the knife actually penetrate, but I was terrified. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, I, I I thought that that was a great take, and a, and a new way to present a World War II movie. Yeah, um, so, but you so you think it's one of his best films, huh? I mean, it, I do, I do. Well, I, me and you have debated uh, several times. I did not like Interstellar. You liked it more than I did. You, but I will always say that Chris Nolan's movies are incredibly ambitious, and I, even though I didn't like Interstellar, I really appreciated its ambitiousness. And the same with this. I mean, this was a very ambitious project that he did. I just think he pulls off more um, 
in terms of storytelling for me i don't yeah i was more invested in the characters yeah very um, very ambitious uh yeah you're right i mean inception and then interstellar and then this i mean it's just like kind of all over the map and i mean inception is and he really does like to take wild chances he, he never does a safe movie and this is a movie that could have been done in a lot of different ways and very straight and but like you said shown german soldiers and done a title card at the end with how many you know who what happened to this man and what happened to that man but no he gave you a, a, a different way to watch it uh, i found it refreshing it's it's crazy to think about a world war ii movie that i'm like oh i'm refreshed like this is this is a great new approach to it i i was i was the and i and I, i'm a huge fan of tom hardy but the speaking of a guy who takes chances and almost paints himself in a corner to see if he can get out of it another tom hardy mask movie and it's a great performance man yeah. and all he's got is just it's and and i read a thing with nolan that was like well when i gave him bane he had uh he had to use his eyes his eyebrows and his forehead and he did such a masterful job that he was like i wanted to see how he would do if he had no eyebrows no forehead uh and just one eye and it's still you get like every intention in that moment where he's like where he's running out of fuel and it's like, do I take this bomber down or do I circle back and like fly to safety? And like, you can just see in the, in the look, right? Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, he, he, he it's is all there. kind of in complete control, uh, of the subtlety. Um, and, and, and also Mark Rylance, I think those two really put on a clinic in terms of subtlety. Uh, they're great. I mean, and then it, I heard, kind of... I heard like Mad Max in a mask, strapped to the front of a car and then he's done bane with a mask on he's done this with uh with the fighter mask on and then he's he did lock where he's just driving in a car and there's no yeah. <laughs> there's no scene mm-hmm. to it's just like incredible character stuff that he pulls off in those uh with just like the look in his eyes it's all about like just holding the thought and then it that will convey itself if you if you really just kind of invest in let the situation the play and let the drama of the situation play and not necessarily overperform yeah. or perform it uh, just right so awesome yeah a lot of a lot of cool stuff about it uh i think it's i mean it's top of the box office right it brought in over 100 mil yeah so far yeah and uh you know it was obviously a movie that was going to do very well you know overseas um, I think a lot of times when Hollywood produces these big uh, kind of war epics, they do really well in, in Europe uh, and elsewhere. So that's not too surprising. Uh, what did you think of uh, Rylance? Yeah, I always kind of feel the same way about that guy where it's like, yeah, that was really solid. But uh, I'm not like jumping out of my seat, like pumping my fists in people, the air. Yeah, people absolutely adore Rylance. And, you know, he's there is something to be said about his subtlety as well. Yeah. I think I kind of like, I have a bias maybe against him. Like, I mean, it's undeniable he's a great actor, but like, you know, when he, I didn't really like Bridge of Spies, and when he won Best Supporting for that over, I forget now who I kind of wanted in that moment, but I, I guess uh, that's Hardy maybe just. Hardy was in uh, there. There was uh, Sylvester Stallone. Oh, Tom Hardy and Revenant. Yeah, that's. I really thought he gave a better performance. Stallone was um, in there for Rocky. Uh, there was a couple other guys. Um. Anyway, I think that was the year before, right? Anyway. No, that's all. But uh, no, yeah, Mark Rylance is great. I, it's just, it's not a juicy role. You know what I mean? I think I, I, 
uh, it was the very stuff on English. the boat. It was very English. Which I'm it was, you yeah, into. dressed up in his Sunday best. Rose I love Royce like the engine, the sweetest sound you can hear on the open <laughs> But also like that kid that jumps in, like like his son's friend. Yeah, like, gotta get hey, where are you guys going? I'm coming with. Come on, George. <laughs> yeah. George, and then it's a boom, war. he's dead. And he's Reward dead. George. And he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and it's gone. All right, here's your uh, best friend. We're gonna put him in the boat here and uh, put him on the solo journey for you. And he's gone. And uh, of yeah, course, well, what, a, what a way do, to go out. Yeah, you can't do a Chris Nolan movie without Cillian Murphy. Who? Yes, Cillian Murphy. There he is, man. He was out there. I'm not going back. Yeah. I'm going back. Or die. I'm not going back there. Was uh, uh he yeah everyone was great and everyone had like a little small little you know role to play uh I think I you know because I'm more of a a fighter pilot kind of guy in that was my of, favorite of the three yeah the the theaters I suppose yes. we'll call it um I love like that moment when he's like just coasting on fumes and then he's able to cut it back and take down that bomber yeah that was like a really cool like oh fuck yeah but then he opens like, up that that hatch and he's able to just kind of listen to the cheers of the men as he as he kind of is gliding by yeah and uh you had a good point too i'm looking forward to uh the sequel dunkirk 2 tom hardy takes down all the germans handily. Yes. there's definitely there's <laughs> definitely and that one's gonna be directed by tarantino and it's gonna oh, be for sure. he's gonna meet up with he's gonna meet up with uh, That'd be really uh, funny. Uh, Aldo, uh, I can't remember the name of Brad Pitt in uh, *Inglorious Bastards*, but uh, he, they're gonna, you know, he's gonna meet up with the bastards and. Uh, yeah, he's gonna meet up with the bastards. Um, go out speaking uh, to kings. Uh, Sergeant, uh, what's his name? It was Aldo. Hey, Aldo. Aldo Rain. Aldo Rain. I want she my nuts. scalps. Uh, so. Yeah, they're gonna go. They're gonna probably the bastards are gonna swoop down and rescue Hardy from whatever. I actually would love them to do like a uh, a machete esque like kind of joke short. I think that'd be like Tom Hardy meets up with the bastards. I think that'd be a fun Tarantino little (laughs) grindhouse project. I like legitimately like a fake trailer in front of something else. Yeah, Um, I legitimately think that would be a lot of fun. But Um, yeah, that's the only time you see his face is the three seconds before he straps it up. You know, gets his orders, gets how much fuel he has, straps, and, yep. then, and then the mask goes on, and then it's it's Hardy eye acting for ninety minutes, and then the, the very eye end acting the, the shit out of it. There's a great ending of the movie. I thought that was such a cool shot to end that film. That oh, the plane burning. Yeah, yeah. but then they didn't really end it there. They oh no, cut yeah, because it was like a false ending. They then, cut. They cut really close to the or really quickly back to the kid in the train. I was like, trains, oh well. Yeah. They had such a great fade out shot. Like, why just pop back up with this kid? That's a good I'm, point. I'm yeah, curious what the motivation for that was. But either way, anyway. uh, yeah, I think the I think the criticisms are are there, and I understand them. Um, and you know, even me for for being a guy who gets a little overly critical, I think people are really working to find negative things about this movie. I, I uh, it's 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 definitely um, it's entered into the um, the. Oh God, the 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 backlash. Um, uh, yeah, but that's been done. Uh, that, but, like but uh, after with... Private Ryan, the Hacksaw Ridges, like people are really like going for the the intestines hanging out onto the beach, mama mama scene, and I think it's cool to kind of dial it back in. You know, 
look more in terms of circumstance and in terms of the thrills rather than like you said the aliens seeing everything and, and, and watching everything uh, specifically so I and I loved what he did with the timeline and how it kept going doubling back over itself and seeing the scenes work their way back around from a different perspective I was really you know I was I was impressed with it. I was impressed with with the chance they took. I I felt like I followed it for the most part. And yeah, yeah. Thumbs up, man. Cool. Yeah, thumbs up for me too. I think it's definitely uh, an achievement and and worth seeing. Ninety three percent on the tomatoes. Not that that's the end all be all, but feels right. Uh, I'll just want I just want to close out with something real quick. Um, have you seen the trailer for uh, Ready Player One, Spielberg's next movie? It kind of uh, debuted at Comic Con a second ago. And it's, I can't. I I feel like I have. I, I saw it on IMDb, and I want to say I could. Can you can you walk me through it now? I I, I, I haven't watched the trailer here. I got the I I got the book though. So it's because the because the actor in it. I remember the actor from the trailer looked a lot like the Baby Driver guy, but mm-hmm. it's not the Baby Driver guy. So um, that's all I really remember from the trailer so far. I haven't watched the trailer, and I might wait till I finish the book to to check it out. But um, this is. Yeah, it's this is already really cool, and I'm like halfway through the book. I'm really excited. It's uh, it's Willy Wonka meets the Matrix, says USA Today. It's it's like a set in the not too distant future where this virtual reality MMORPG type game has kind of allowed people to escape reality and how shitty the Earth has become. And it's yeah, there's this contest to try to like un- unearth these Easter eggs to inherit this you know hundred billion dollar fortune and it's uh it's really cool i mean that it's that's very accurate willy wonka meets the matrix it's kind of exactly what it's like um and i'm actually really excited about it um so i didn't know if you had heard about it or or had seen the trailer but the trailer's getting a lot of buzz already and it's the movie won't be out till next march but oh yeah um so wait yeah if, if you're looking for a book to read bob or anyone else well, I'm Ready just wrapping one. up. I'm uh, about 50 pages left of Devil in the White City for my Leonardo DiCaprio, everybody drink, uh, <laughs> for my research. Oh, that, uh, that's for... a great book. That's one of my favorite books about Chicago. Well, it's it's a great book, but I also find myself way more interested in the Holmes dialogue in the, the than I am in the, like, what's happening with with the bushes and the flowers over at the, over at the <laughs> fair. So, but uh, again, you know, because it, it switches each chapter. But yeah, it's been a it's been a really good read. It's a quick read. So once I get done with that, yeah, let's dive into Ready Player One. Yeah, new to the uh, the pod, the book club section. Yeah, book club, book corner. All right, well, let's wrap that up. Uh, we're, we'll tackle Detroit as soon as it comes out this week, and then we'll uh, chop it up towards the Detroit end. Detroit first, everybody. Oh yeah. Hey, shout out to the Lincoln. Thanks for live streaming us. Great stuff. And uh, once again, sorry to Andrew Papa. We couldn't get to him today. We'll try again next time. He did write on my Facebook today about Sam Shepard, RIP. (laughs) Oh, shit, yeah. All right, everybody. Bye. (laughs) Thanks. Bye.